Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Let me just pray real quick. Father, we just thank you. Daddy, you're so good. We honor you this morning. We invite you to wreck our hearts, challenge us, change us, and activate us in your will for our lives and as a church body. In Jesus' name, speak through me today. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You can have a seat. Got to say thank you so much to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, and pastors Matt and Michaela. Uh, thank you guys, I think you're watching. Thank you so much for not only inviting me, but inviting me, and they're not even here. <laughs> they're trusting me and not even here to chaperone. I feel honored, I feel truly honored, absolutely honored uh, to be here today. So, California. The Golden State, yes, but literally, like, you guys are in the belly of the beast as far as the nation goes. I was praying this morning. I had a message all worked up for today, and then uh, the last minute, Papa, Papa, he's a good father, he's a good daddy, he's like, I'm going to do this to your message and erase it. He's like, here's some things I want you to, to deliver to this house, to this church. So I'm going to follow that path today. And this morning, I heard very clearly him say to me about you all, is that you shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't be here today in church. Because everything that California and Gavin Newsom have done to try to shut churches down means you shouldn't even be here today. There has been a spiritual attack, one after the other after the other, the last several years, too, specifically at a higher level than I've ever seen before against you, the church against you being able to come to the house of God and hear a message, get encouraged, get inspired, get connected with other like-minded and like-hearted individuals so that you could strengthen each other and be strengthened in them. You should not be here, but you are. You are here. And not only are you here, but you are thriving, Awakened Church. Are you kidding me? You are thriving. And I know, I, I go all around the country and speak. I speak at political rallies. I speak at churches. And the culture 
that has been cultivated here from the top down, from Jurgen and Leanne, all the way through all their pastors. The culture that they've created here for you to come and be a part of it and enjoy is second to none. And I come from a church that very much is all about honor and a culture of excellence. A little church up in Northern California called Bethel. Anybody ever heard of that church? We had the opportunity to be a part of that church for 25 years. 25 years. We were there. I remember the first day. Anybody love Bill Johnson? We got to be there the first day Bill spoke. And I got to see everything that God did from that point moving forward to where they are today. And I see the exact same thing has already started, begun, is happening here. It's happening here. It's already in the works. You are part of that miracle for California. I truly believe Awakened Church, you are the tip of the spear to bring change to California. 100%. Because how many of you know California needs some help? You've had a tyrannical governor that's tried to shut churches down, literally to to the point of saying, no more singing in church. Are you kidding me? It must be because there's power when you get together in unity of one heart and one mind and one accord and sing and make declarations together. He knows that. He's tried to shut you down, but here you are. And again, you are thriving. Raphael was here in the first service. He picked us up this morning and brought us here. He reminded me of something that Pastor Jurgen said. The first time I came and spoke was right after the initial shutdown from COVID. And I understand the initial shutdown, right? I understand because... We didn't know what the heck was going on. I saw the videos. I think I even posted some videos that came out of China where people were just like falling over dead. Did you see any of those? I deleted them later because I was like, I'm not trying to breed fear. I don't know if that's what is going on. But initially, we had no idea what COVID was all about. But can I tell you something today that I firmly 100% believe? COVID was an spiritual attack directed at you, the church. The church in the United States of America is the backbone for this country's freedom. It's the backbone. It's the bedrock for this country's freedom. If they can annihilate the church and those people of faith that believe in God, that believe in the Judeo- Christian foundations and values that this country was founded on, if they can get rid of them, well, they got a clear pathway to socialism where the government's God. And you see them doing it. So we as the church have taken, I believe, several large punches from the enemy the last couple years. Start off with George Floyd, the explosion of BLM, 
How many posted the black square on Instagram? I didn't. I should put my hand down. If you did, hey, no judgment. Hopefully you woke up. But how many of you understand that that punch from the enemy was to breed division amongst brothers and sisters? There's Raphael. What's up, brother? Bring division amongst brothers and sisters, division amongst friends, and ultimately division in the body of Christ. How many people in here had family or friends that stopped talking to you or started treating you differently because of the amount of melanin in your skin? How many of you had family or friends that are believers that should know better that started treating you differently or cut you off? I want to see the hands. Look around you so you know you're not not alone. Look around. It was a spiritual attack from the enemy, from the pit of hell, to bring division in the body of Christ. And I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at how many people that I knew, that I respected, that were in ministry, or just that were good Christian people, I believed, that got caught up in choosing their identity to be in the color of their skin instead of in Christ. I was shocked. If I had to put myself in a category, melanin-wise, I'm like milk chocolate. My dad is dark chocolate. My mom is vanilla. I'm I'm like swirl. My mom always said I got the best of both worlds. But I refuse to put my identity in the color of my skin. I won't be put in a box that says because you're this shade, this is what you must think. And how many of you understand that's exactly what today's culture is trying to do to every single one of us? Put you in a box and say, because you're this color, you're bad and evil, and because of this color, you're a victim. I refuse, and this house refuses. So Raphael, let me get back to this. Raphael reminded me of something that Pastor Jurgen had told me maybe, maybe a year after the first time I came. The first time I came was right after the churches had shut down, and Pastor Jurgen said, you know, I, I understand in the beginning shutting down because we didn't know what was going on. But then very soon, very few pastors understood, I need to have the house of God open for those that want to come. And he opened up. And it was right in the heat of all the BLM stuff. And he invited me. Really? Okay. I'm going to bring it. And I spoke on how I absolutely firmly believe, and now it's actually been validated by the founders of Black Lives Matter organization all on its own, that they're Marxists, they're anti-nuclear family, they're anti-Christ. They're conjuring up witchcraft and, and seances and stuff to other spirits. It was and is evil. 
sent by the pit of hell to breed division in the church. Raphael reminded me what Jurgen said. He's like, man, you brought it, but we lost about 25% of our church after that. He said, but that's okay, because we've grown since then. You're a part of that. You're a part of history. History in the making. So the enemy threw the race card at us. How many people can I get stumbled up on their identity being in their color? Instead of what the word of God tells us, tells me that I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's who I am in Christ. That's who you are when you say yes to Yeshua. He tried to get us stumbled up. He got a lot stumbled up. Then right on the cusp of that, COVID, which I also believe was a direct attack on the body of Christ. Because what happened? Churches shut down. Some shut down and reopened like you guys here at Awaken. Very few. It was sad to me. Again, I speak not from a pastor, not an evangelist, not somebody that works in the four walls of the church. On Sundays when I'm at home, I'm sitting in a chair just like you. I speak as somebody that's a part of the body of Christ that's looking at what's taking place around the country, and I was so saddened by how many churches refused to open their doors. They bowed to fear. They bowed to the will of man, saying, well, if you open, you're gonna get hit with fines, you're gonna get hit with penalties. I was truly saddened by that. And then I had a thought. I think those churches that shut down and didn't reopen probably shouldn't have ever been open in the first place. Because if you're not going to a house of God where they're speaking faith and not fear, and they're following God, if they're not following God and they're following man, you don't need to be at that church anyway. You need to be at a house of the Lord like this where they're speaking the truth even if it hurts. They're speaking the truth even if you lose followers. They're speaking the truth because that's what God's called them to do. That's the house of God that you want to be in. That's the family and the culture that you want to be a part of. So it was a great purging of churches. Some never recovered. And again, makes me wonder if they ever should have been open to begin with. So the church battles the race card. Some may still be battling that issue. Those roots really dug deep in a lot of people. Then the Rona. And then Joe Biden. Are you kidding me? This actually shocked me. I just saw this a couple days ago. This actually shocked me. I don't know how much validity I put into thinking it's going to bring any change, but we can pray. Mark Zuckerberg actually stated something along the lines of he had no idea or he's never seen a country 
go so far down so fast, something like that. Yet the man put over four or five hundred million dollars into getting Joe elected. So now we're dealing with the absolute tragedy that is this current administration. How many people were pretty bummed out when Joe's sworn in? Was I, I wasn't okay, I wasn't the only one. Race card, Rona, Joe. And we as the church are like, are you kidding me? God, what are you doing? I really felt like in praying about why Joe was able to take the White House, I was angry, I was upset, you know, I'm like distraught. But you know what has taken place since Joe's taken office? How many people in here, show of hands and look around, have family members or friends that are waking up? How many? Look around, look around, look around, look around. That's encouraging. That should be encouraging to everybody in here. Because had Trump taken office, none of those hands would be raised right now. Every single one of those people would be further down the road of division, divisiveness, bitterness, anger, and would not have a clue that they've been being lied to by the mainstream media and politicians that do not care. You know what else wouldn't have taken place? We wouldn't have seen how many absolute rhinos are in positions of authority that are supposed to be representing us to people that are selling us out. The rhinos are being exposed. And they had to be. Seven billion dollars they're giving to Ukraine? When we got homeless, veterans, people, and children here in our own country? So had the election not gone the way that it did, we would still have family members and friends that were more focused on what the mainstream media propaganda push for Donald Trump being every negative thing in the book, they'd be believing that. Now there's a big shining beacon on the absolute, total, and complete failure that is this current administration, top down. And this is who the mainstream media was propping up. This is who big tech was propping up. So we are at a precipice right now in our country. Ronald Reagan said this in the 80s. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We are that generation. You are that generation. Are we going to let them take it? So, in the body of Christ, as believers, I believe there's a few things that we really must focus on for the challenges that are facing us right now. Because how many of you understand there's no answers in the world? The world does not have answers for what we're dealing with. The world doesn't have answers for what you're dealing with. 
And I've tried a lot. If you heard my testimony, you know, I've tried dang near all of it. Money doesn't fix it. Drugs doesn't fix it. Alcohol doesn't fix it. Relationships don't fix it. I can't have my beautiful, amazing wife of 28 years. I can't have her be my savior. I can't have her on the throne that belongs to God. That doesn't work. Relationships, they're not going to fix what's going on with you. When I have God on that throne, then I can honor and appreciate why he gave me such an amazing, incredible woman to be my bride. But it doesn't work the other way around. And then I've got to mention, I've got one of my daughters here too, Skylar. Raise your hand. She's my new executive assistant. Plucked her out of Northern California. She's in Texas with us now. But to have a daughter that's 24 that wants to work with her dad, how many know that's a miracle? (laughs) So the challenges that I believe that we are facing and the opportunity that is presented to each and every one of us is so, it's, it's, it's historic right now because so many churches have refused to speak the truth because of so many churches and even some mega churches still are staying away from the issues that matter to us. I don't know about you, but I want a pastor that's going to hit those issues head on and teach me and talk to me from the word of God, from a biblical perspective of what I should believe, what I should see, or tell me what I'm not seeing so I have clarity. How many of you know we need that? And the body of Christ today, churches around America are missing it. The studies that have been coming out on how many people are leaving the church, the Christian faith that's declining, has been for like 20 plus years. People that identify as a Christian that percentage is declining in the United States of America. I tell you, I believe it's because people are tired of a watered down message, a people pleasing message that just wants you to come, fill a seat, hear a message that makes you feel good for a little bit and then go back out in the world. Unfortunately, that's a lot of what the church has been, what we have been given the opportunity to. You don't have that here, which is why I say you're the tip of the spear for California. I'd love to see what's happening here, and I believe it's happening all the way to Redding, California, the tidal wave of believers, of individuals like you that are walking on fire for God, knowing who you are and whose you are, declaring God's works and his miracles and his wonders everywhere you go, and it just splashes in San Francisco. Top, north to south, just take it over. Take it over. So what I believe we need to do the most because of what we've been through as individuals, because of the nonstop assault on relationships, on marriages, on friendships. The biggest thing that we need to do, how many of you want to be a part of the shift that's taking place in California? The biggest thing that I believe we, we need to do 
is make sure that we don't have any bitterness or resentment in our heart. Towards anybody that's wronged us, towards anybody that believed the lies and then treated us this way or that way. And I'll tell you, I also believe it's hidden bitterness and resentment that allowed a believer to get caught up in the BLM thing, in the identity, in the race car thing. It's hidden bitterness. Something's not dealt with in your heart. It can be really easy with the right catalyst to let that catch hold, and now you're just full of anger. We can't have any bitterness. What does that mean? We need, we need to forgive. We need to forgive anybody that we know, family members, friends, that harmed us or hurt us or did us wrong in any way, shape, or form. And why do we have to forgive, even forgive first? Because we've been forgiven so much. We've been forgiven so much. When you understand what Jesus went through, you know, it's not a, it's not even a question of if the man Jesus walked this earth. Every encyclopedia, every history book will point to the man Jesus that walked this earth. It's not a question. The question is, is he who he said he was? That's the only question. There's only three possible things. Either he was just a liar and nothing he says can be held with any esteem, or he was a good con man because there's billions of people following him today, or he was telling the truth. And if he was telling the truth, when he said, I'm the only way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father, no person can come to the Father but through me, that's something we should all take heart. And when we know what he went through, being tortured for us, so that we could have the freedom and the access to the Father. It's such a beautiful exchange. Literally, he took on himself what we deserve. I know I deserve it. He took on himself the absolute full weight of sin, of humanity on himself. He took what we deserved so that we could get what he deserved. Isn't that a beautiful exchange? And when we have that as a revelation, restore to me the the beauty of my salvation. When we have that as a revelation, you know what it does? It causes you to not want to stop talking about it and telling it to other people. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. And what? The The word of their testimony. How many of you understand we are in a spiritual battle and we need to overcome the enemy that is trying to devour your city, that's trying to devour your state, that's trying to devour the United States of America? We need God. We need to overcome that. Guess what God says? That's what you're for. That's what my kids are for. Inside you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. So the things that I believe we need to do as a church, we've got to make sure we don't have any bitterness or resentment in our heart. We've got to make sure that we've forgiven whoever for whatever. We can't carry that and then ask God to use us. 
We gotta have a clean slate. We gotta have a pure heart. Second thing I believe that I heard God speak to me to share with you is you need boldness. Anybody feel like they need more boldness, more courage? Because again, if we're going to save California, it's going to come from bold individuals like you that aren't afraid to share what God is doing in your life and praying with others to see God move in their lives. It's going to come from you. God's not going to come down from heaven and just do it. He already did it. It's finished. He wants to use you. Everywhere you go, he wants to use you. So I believe we need to pray and ask God for boldness and courage. And that scripture, Revelations 12, 11, they overcame with the blood and the word of their testimony. When you understand that you are an ambassador for heaven, everywhere you go, you are an ambassador for heaven to show up. Everywhere. I know I've dealt with it in my life where I'm going through my daily routine, whatever that may be, and you forget that you're an ambassador for heaven everywhere you go because you're just focused on what's in front of you. But God might be calling to use you at a grocery store, at a laundromat. I remember when I was 18 and freshly on fire for God, I was everywhere I went, I was just like, God, just use me. Use me, let me speak to somebody. Give me a way to talk to somebody, anybody. And I found myself in the laundromat at our apartments with this big burly mechanic <laughs> that was washing his greasy, greasy clothes and every other word that was, came out of his mouth was the F-bomb or the S-word. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, man, this is a I'm like, God, how can I say something to him? And I heard Holy Spirit say, thank God you have quarters to do your laundry. So I just started saying, I'm so glad I have quarters I could do my laundry. God is so good. God is, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. I got quarters I could do my laundry. Just sowing a little seed. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to pray with somebody. I believe that what God is beginning to do has already started, but he wants to intensify through Awakened Church is use you, you, every single one of you in here that will say yes. He wants to use you to be his hands and feet. Literally, to bring signs and wonders, like the song we were singing before I come up here. He wants to use you to bring signs and wonders, things that nobody can argue with and nobody can ignore. Whether there's people around or not, he wants to use you to bring that to the people around you everywhere you go. How many of you believe that? How many of you say yes to that? I believe 100%. But that's what God is about to break loose in this church like never before. I shared this video only a few times, but I felt like Papa said, I want you to share this video. This video is about 10, 11 years ago. I was working. I was in a direct sales company. I would go to home after home after home. And although obviously it was my work, it was what I did to earn a living, I understood that I'm an ambassador for heaven first. And I'd pray before every home I'd go into, Lord, let me know if this is somebody that you want me to pray for, sow a seed, water a seed, or if I'm there to sell them 
my equipment. But you show me. Just having that heart and that attitude. Again, not as a pastor that's up here every Sunday. Not as a teacher that's a part of the fivefold ministry in the church. How many of you understand you are the church? You are the church. Not these walls. Not this place you come to. The whole reason we come and you want to come and you do come to an amazing church like this is to come get filled, get fed, get encouraged, and get sent back out. That's the whole reason. So that you can be the church in the world. You're the extension. Unfortunately, part of why I believe so many churches and people have walked away from the faith is because a lot of us, we go to church on Sunday to get encouraged and inspired just for ourselves. And then we just go try to make it through six days. Let me just get through this week so I can get back to church. No, you're in a place here where they are building you up. They're encouraging you. They're giving you the tools to then go out and be the church. That's what was happening to me when I met this couple. This couple, beautiful couple, about 70 years old, both of them. Again, I'm in their home. I'm there for business. And at the end of my appointment with them, they said, well, we can't afford your equipment. And I'm like praying, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay, why, why else am I here? And he had a brace on his arm. And I said, well, can I pray for your arm? He had a hearing aid in. I said, can I pray for that? And then he had sciatica problems. So again, not as a person that's in a church teaching or preaching every Sunday, as a member of the body, just like every single one of you here, this is what God did. Go ahead and play that video. So this is... Sarah Bilvato. And... Manuel Bilvato. And uh, did you guys just get a blessing from heaven today? Yes, we did. Oh, Thanks yes, we did. to you. Uh, and Thanks to God. Yes, all praise to him. Uh, Manuel, what happened to you today? Well, uh, Dave prayed for me. I had a bad arm and sciatica just overall actually and everything feels great he hasn't been able to put his arm around me like this because his arm you know it's been bad and the sciatica oh my gosh how how high could he lift his arm before he couldn't he couldn't lift it can you raise how high can you lift your arm now oh that's that's a miracle that is a miracle and how's your where's your hearing aid well, oh, I left it over there. It's over there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can hear good. And, and your sciatica, your nerve, and your... How does that feel? Um, don't feel anything. You don't feel any pain? Anything. Thank no you, pain. Jesus. Can you bend? Oh, yeah. yeah. Does it hurt? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Jesus. He sent you over here. Thank you, Lord. See? God sent an angel like you over here to pray. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let the Lord use you in every way and don't let nothing get in your way. That's awesome. And God's going to do a wonder in you. Are you kidding me? Yes, God wants to use you. He wants to use you. Now, the amazing thing about that is, and what I believe God is saying to you today is not only does he want your heart purified, get rid of the bitterness, he wants you to be bold and courageous, but why does he want you to be bold and courageous? Because he wants to use you to bring miracles, signs and wonders to people around you. That's what we need, that's what this country needs right now more than anything. 
They need an undeniable example of the God that we talk about. Not only are you living it, but I believe God wants to do more. So for me, when I'm praying constantly, I know you guys are having a conference, I think, on the Holy Spirit coming up, right? For me, when I pray, not only do I try to pray in tongues just constantly throughout the day as a habit, when I realize that I'm not praying in tongues, I might as well pray because that's my spirit communing def- directly to the throne room, to the Father for what I need. Paul said, pray without ceasing. It's the only way that makes sense to me. You can run out of stuff that you know to pray, but you can pray in tongues all day. I practice praying in tongues as much as I possibly can. When I realize I'm not praying in the spirit, I'm praying in the spirit. And that gives me a more acute ability to hear Holy Spirit, I believe. We all need that. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father saying. I only do what I see my father doing. Jesus was the example for us. So when I was praying for his arm, I was saying what I heard Holy Spirit say. And then God totally heals his arm. That was the first time that God instantly healed somebody that I prayed for. First time. It's happened a bunch since, but that was the first time. So we're praising God, we're thanking him for what he's doing. And then he wasn't gonna buy my equipment. Then he's like, well, I wish I could buy your equipment, but I need new hearing aids. Well, one, I'm like, I don't want you buying anything now because God healed you, period. You're not buying anything. I said, but let's pray for your hearing. So I had him take his hearing aid out. Takes his hearing aid out, I pray for him. Again, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? I'm, I'm speaking what I hear Holy Spirit saying. And then his wife, Sarah, walks 20 feet into the other room and says, Manuel, can you hear me? And he says, oh yeah, I can hear you. Are you kidding me? Not in church, we're in their home. So now we're really praising God. Again, all over again. And I say to Manuel, I say, Manuel, we're kind of on a roll here. Anything else you need from God? And Sarah says, no, he's great, he's great. And Manuel says, well, actually, my sciatic's been killing me. And again, listening to the Holy Spirit, I heard Holy Spirit say, have Sarah pray for him. So I said, Sarah, you lay your hands on him and you pray for him. And I stood back and just praised and agreed and thank God, and God totally healed him of his sciatic pain. Are you kidding me, friends? That's what God wants to do. That's the answer for every question the world has. Undeniable proof of God's love and miracle working power. And he wants to use you. He wants to use you. And he came, he sent me here today to tell you it's happening. He wants to use you. Are you ready? Are you ready? So I want to ask this question. Obviously, there could be people here that aren't right with the Lord. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've never heard it presented like this, that yes, Jesus lived, he walked. The only question is, is he who he said he was? Maybe you're hearing that for the first time and you're saying, you know what? I think I want, I think I want to be on his team. I want to be in his family. Maybe you've walked away. 
because you've been trying it your own way. Can I tell you, I've done that plenty and there ain't nothing out there but heartache and hurt and pain. Maybe you wanna come back to him today. If that's you and you're feeling a tug in your heart to say yes to Jesus for the first time or again, if that's you right now, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Anybody? I see that hand, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Now, if you are somebody that says, is there a yes over there? Oh, awesome. God bless you. God bless you. If you're somebody that's saying, that feels that tug on your heart to any one of those three things, I either need to forgive people, I need to make sure I'm not harboring bitterness, or if you're saying yes to more boldness and more courage, and if you're saying yes to seeking God, using you throughout your daily life, if you want that, more boldness, and you're saying I've clean, my heart is pure, put your hand up. I wanna see who's saying yes. The church is ready, your church is ready. God so wants to use every single one of you. So we're gonna pray for the hands first. I want everybody to pray with me. We're gonna pray for those that are saying yes to him for the first time, and then I'm gonna lead you all in a prayer for that boldness, that courage, and for God to use you. So let's pray right now. Father God, I come to you today a sinner that needs forgiveness. Please forgive me for doing life my own way. I accept you now, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for my life. I say yes to you. I invite you in right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come in and cleanse me. Make me new and guide me every day to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now I'm going to lead us all in a prayer for more of what God has. Let's pray this. Just go ahead and stand up, actually. Go ahead and stand up. Put your hands out like you're gonna receive something from heaven because I believe God wants to deposit something through your hands, through your heart, into your spirit. I'm just gonna pray, you just receive it. Father God, we say yes to you. If there's anything in our heart of bitterness or resentment, remove it today. I give it to you. I forgive that person. If there's somebody coming to your mind, just forgive them. Just say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. And God, I ask you now to cleanse me, make me new, and give me boldness. Give me courage. Renew to me the joy of my salvation. And God, I say yes to you. Use me to bring signs and wonders and miracles to those around me. Increase my ability to hear you speak to me and give me the courage to say yes 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, fill us right now. God, fill us with your presence right now. A fresh and a new God. A fresh and a new, a fresh revelation of you. A fresh revelation of your love. A fresh revelation of your passion. For our families, God. For our friends, God. For those around us, God. Give us a fresh hunger to see them encounter your love. To see them encounter you, God. And use us to be the answer, to be the conduit for your blessing for heaven to meet them. God wants to use you every single day. The nonstop attack from the enemy is because you are bold, is because you are courageous, and because God does want to use you for miracles. That's why the attack is so great. That's why our need for him and to be connected with a body of church like this, a culture like this, is so important. So important. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you guys. I'll be out, book, out back. One little word about my book. Why I couldn't stay silent. If you have somebody in your life, family member or friend that is waking up, get them this book. It'll open their eyes. And there's a strategic chapter in here that's all about my faith. That's designed to bring people into the kingdom. So I'll be out there. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, come on, can we give it up for David Harris Jr., what a word. And, bef and before we release service, if, if everyone could just stay in your seats just a moment, and before he goes and signs books, I would love if we as a church could actually extend our hands and pray for this family because they're standing in the gap. And, and as I said in the beginning of service, I felt it in the last one, and I know it's true, he's a prophet. While he may not be, you know, a pastor or an evangelist, he is a prophet and his family is assigned to bring the truth of God into this nation. And I actually felt, uh, David, before we pray for you, I felt that there was, in, in the Old Testament, there was, a, there was a prophet named Samuel and he was a seer. And the Bible says that God let none of his words fall to the ground and that his voice shattered rocks. 
And I felt that same anointing over you as you were speaking this entire time. You were seeing things from the throne room and you were bringing them in. And Samuel in the Old Testament was actually an advisor, a spiritual guide to kings. And that same anointing is on your family. So let's extend our hands and pray for David, pray for Jennifer, pray for their family. Father, we thank you that just as you were upon Samuel, Holy Ghost, we thank you for more. We thank you for more. We thank you for more upon David, upon Jennifer. Father, we thank you that his voice would continue to shatter rocks. Father, that as kings listen to him, as presidents listen to him, as legislators listen to him, as, as, as people who are leading nations listen to him, Father, they would hear your word and they would be obedient to your voice. Father, we thank you that you would elevate your strength. You would elevate, Father, your angelic protection, that favor would surround them like a shield, that you are their rear guard, that you cover their head in the day of battle, that you are upon their life, that your hand is upon them and against their enemies. Father, we thank you that every fiery dart of the enemy is extinguished now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for greater, exceedingly, abundantly above all they could ask, think, or imagine. Father, we thank you for a season of rest and grace and your power afresh upon them today to do what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. How many are thankful for David Harris Jr. and his family? Let's, let, let's make sure none of his books are still here. Let's buy one for us and five for our friends. He's going to be signing books in the lobby. Lift your hands as they head out. I want to pray for you as you leave service today. Father, we thank you that you are the God who is not just with us in this building, but who takes us into our communities to see our city, to see our state, to see our nation saved. So Father, we thank you for greater boldness, greater courage, greater strength, greater joy that the world has never seen this holiday weekend in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.